Welcome to the Excavation Safety Alliance podcast, where leaders in damage prevention sit down to tell stories, highlight new technology, and share their passion for safety. Hi, I'm Scott Landis, President of Infrastructure Resources. Uh, we publish the DP Pro Magazine, as well as uh, own and operate the Global Excavation Safety Conference and our relatively new Excavation Safety Alliance uh, membership program. Um, today, this is part of our Ask the Expert series where we talk with authors from our DP Pro Magazine and our Excavation Safety Guide about articles they've written. And the goal is to get a little more information than you would get in the article and really kind of kind of bring it to life. So today I'm here with uh, Dan Bigman, who is the uh, president and founder of Bigman Geophysical. Um, Dan is truly an expert in the area. And today we're gonna talk about an article that Dan wrote, what are the difficulties in identifying pipe buried below the frost line with using GPR? Um, so before we kind of dig into the article itself, uh, uh, Dan's going to tell us a little bit about his background and kind of what makes him qualified um, to be the expert. So I've been using GPR for almost, I guess, about 13 years now. Um, I've used it in a variety of different applications, such as damage prevention of pipes and utilities, archaeology, uh, forensic investigations, worked in homicide cases, um, as well as environmental applications and uh, structural inspections. Um, after getting my degree, which focused in archaeological geophysics and teaching at Georgia State University, I moved into the private sector, where now we uh, train people all over the world in ground-penetrating radar and other uh, uh, non-invasive technologies, as well as uh, rent and support uh, people's projects uh, throughout the world. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And uh, you know, bouncing all over the world and doing all the things you've done, you clearly must have run into these issues with uh, finding pipes below the frost line. Um, but before we even get into kind of how you do that and why it, it uh, still works is, can you tell people really what is GPR and how does the basic technology work? Sure, so ground, GPR stands for ground penetrating uh, radar. It's a non-invasive geophysical technique, also sometimes sort of considered a remote sensing uh, uh, technique. And the way that it works is it produces electromagnetic waves, pulses at the ground surface by using an antenna. Those waves travel through the subsurface and will reflect or bounce off of um, objects or other kinds of contrasts in the subsurface. Some of that energy will make it back, hopefully, to the ground surface and be recorded by the GPR. And it'll measure then how, uh, how deep or sort of estimate how deep that object was, uh, as well as how much of a contrast it has with the material that it's embedded in. Um, and so what you can do is if you can continue to identify uh, these reflections off of a pipe, for example, then you can track and trace an image in 3D where that pipe is, both in sort of X, Y, and, and Z dimensions. Yeah, that's amazing technology, and it's got to be awesome in our industry for helping to prevent damage. Um, when I was reading your article, I was really pretty surprised that you, you mentioned that GPR works really well in permafrost, and I'm, I'm wondering if you can kind of explain why. Yeah, so, um, and, and I hope I did the justice in the article. Um, so the permafrost itself 
the GPR wave is going to uh, perform really well. And that's because uh, permafrost is basically, you know, frozen ground. And the so, somewhat you could say the best material for GPR to work in is ice. And so actually some of the deepest examples of investigation we have are from glaciers because the ice will hold the GPR signal for a really long time before it depletes it. And so the actual permafrost in the ground is, um, is conducive to GPR. And so that's why GPR will work well in permafrost specifically. However, most places that know they're going to have permafrost will bury pipes below the frost line. Because if the, you know, if, if, the, uh, uh, if the, the ground freezes over, it could damage, you know, freezing and thawing, freezing and thawing can damage the pipe. So a lot of times they'll bury those uh, services below the actual frost line. And this is where GPR can potentially struggle. And if I remember correctly, this is where the question came from. It's like, how do you find these pipes below the frost line? Um, and so, you know, kind of we'll go into you know, some of those possible techniques. But that's why it works well in the permafrost is because it's frozen. Um, ice, the, the, basically the chemical structure of ice is really conducive to um, a propagating EM wave. And, uh, and that's why. However, when you get to the bottom of that, of that permafrost and you get to that frost line, you get a big change in the material structure of the soil. And it goes from ice, which is great for GPR, to really wet, saturated soil, which uh, um, is going to provide or create a huge reflection response. So the bigger the difference between two materials, the more of the GPR's energy is going to reflect. So when you get to the bottom of the permafrost, you get a big difference. A lot of that energy reflects back to the surface, and only very little energy goes beyond that boundary. And so if your pipe is buried beyond that boundary, it could be difficult for your GPR to record a response from it. Interesting. So, you know, are there techniques that technicians can use to kind of enhance the data collected in cold weather environments? Yeah. So in this case, right, in order to sort of maximize the depth um, that your G, you know, of, of your GPR in, in, in these sorts of situations is you can take kind of a multi-tiered approach to it. Um, so for, first thing you can try to do is actually uh, do something called stacking or trace stacking. And some of the systems now on the market will allow you to do this more than it used to. And so what this means is every time the GPR creates a pulse and, uh, um, and records a response, it's really like doing an experiment. And if you can do the same experiment a hundred times and average those results, you'll get a better signal to noise ratio. And if your data can get cleaned up, right? If you do a thousand, you know, theoretically it should, should be, you know, even better. So if you can do a bunch of that and actually create a cleaner data set, it may help you um, see a little bit deeper than you otherwise could see because not every experiment is going to come back exactly the same. And so if you do one experiment and it comes back with a certain depth and you do another one, it comes back a little bit better and another one is a little bit worse, but you do hundreds and you average them, you can actually eke out maybe 10, 20% additional depth out of your uh, GPR. So another possibility is that you can use uh, uh, gains. And so what basically a GPR allows you to do is uh, apply a multiplier to the energy that's coming back to the GPR. So if you have a little bit of energy 
that goes past that interface that we talked about at the bottom of the, you know, at the frost line interface. A lot of energy gets reflected and only a little bit goes on to see the potential pipe or utility buried below the frost line. What you can do is you still may get a response from that. It just might be really subtle. And so the GPR will allow you to actually like apply a multiplier to it. So it's, you know, 10 times as bright as what it would be under normal circumstances. And that may help you identify these really subtle responses off of pipes below the frost line. And then finally, what you could try to do is use a lower frequency antenna or a multi-frequency antenna uh, in order to sort of push, you know, deeper into the ground um, to try to get, you know, a little bit more energy in there and a little bit better response. So a couple of things technicians can try to do. That's great. Are there, are there some situations where alternate technologies are, are needed uh, in addition to GPR? 100%. So a lot of times, you know, GPR isn't the best technology to utilize. Uh, it, it certainly is in some cases. But in you know, many cases, you sort of almost don't know which technique may be the best technique in that you know, particular condition. And so a couple other options that um, the technicians may have is to obviously use an electromagnetic locator, sometimes called a pipe locator or, or a cable locator. Um, and so it just doesn't matter if it's below the frost line, if it has a tracer wire that's exposed at the surface and you can direct connect to it and trace the line out, you just may not even need GPR. Right, so that's one, one possibility. Um, and that's a very popular technique, probably the most popular tool used in, in uh, damage prevention and pipe and utility locating. But another technology that is used, although certainly less popular or, or, or less frequently, uh, is a magnetometer. And we actually had a situation which was a, a perfect example of this. Uh, we were on a site in Montana and um, it was freezing. I was really happy we were able to get our truck up to the top of this mountain so we can retreat to the truck and put the heat on because I don't think I'd have made it all day out there without the truck. So um, it was freezing. It was cold and we had to permafrost. And actually we were doing this project and there was a pipeline buried on, on the same site and we used GPR and the GPR data was just really poor, but we also used a magnetometer. That was the other tool I was going to say is less frequently used. And so we used the magnetometer and actually it imaged or got the location of this uh, pipeline just uh, um, you know, per perfect because it was uh, um, just a really high response. The magnetometer could care less about you know, permafrost. And so in this situation, we were able to rapidly identify the location and orientation uh, uh, of this pipeline. And actually we ended up using a system that allowed us to make a, an entire you know, a, a map of it. Um, you know, and, and, and we got its sort of you know, magnetic field strength. Uh, to it. So it was a great, great alternative tool that I'm happy we took with us. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to been up on that mountain and come down with nothing, you know, and if I only took a GPR up there, that's what it would have been. So because we took this alternative technology, we still had a successful project. Well, that's been some great info. There's no question. It sounds like uh, you, you do need a, a lot of different tools and techni techniques to really uh, um, find things in cold climates and in permafrost. And I think you've done a great job of highlighting some ways to do that today. So I uh, wanna thank you very much for participating in our Ask the Expert series. And thanks again, Dan. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Excavation Safety Alliance podcast, an infrastructure resources initiative. Join the Alliance 